Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome to Unaired, the show where we take TV shows canceled with episodes left unaired, review them, and then pitch our ideas for how we think they would have continued. I'm Ed, and with me today, a very special guest from Mega64 and Rooster Teeth, it's Eric Bador. Eric, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I appreciate that you had, in, you introduced me from, from Mega64 first, and uh, that's the way it should be. Take that current company who pays my mortgage. <laughs> Had to go chronologically. <laughs> I appre- I appreciate it. Thank you so much. If we're if we're going truly chronologically, we can say from Mega sixty four and then from Razor, that company that made all those keyboards, and then now with Rooster Teeth. So if you have you got any keyboard questions, I'm a guy who can moderately help you sometimes. Uh, okay. Um, what does the tab button do? Oh boy. Okay, I'm out of my depth now, guys. Uh, with this, we've already gone too far. Oh geez. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so when I asked you to come on the show, you very graciously agreed and I was pumped and still am. Uh, <laughs> and you suggested a show, Wild Oats. You're yeah. one of the few people that were, uh, prepared with a suggestion. Oh yeah. Um, I did have this on the list. So I was like, oh, there's great. There's easy to find. I have it already. <laughs> um, did you actually watch this show when it originally? So. Wild Oats is a weird thing that happened on the Rooster Teeth podcast not too long ago. I think we were talking about Paul Rudd's like earliest IMDb credit. And I think it was like Jeff and Gus and, you know, a few other people or whatever. But then we were talking about Wild Oats because it was his first, it's Paul Rudd's first credit or whatever. And then me and Gus and Jeff all ended, I think we all ended up watching like that first, like the first episode or whatever. So I had already seen this. When you asked if I wanted to do this, I'm like, oh, I already did my homework. We're good. Like, (laughs) I already know what happens in the episode. Like, I'm like, he's going to send me these two links. The first one is actually the second one. And the second one's actually the first one. So this is going to be easy. You know, that threw me off because I was watching it and I was just like, huh, I guess they just like cut out the theme song or something. And then 13 minutes goes by and I'm just like, (laughs) well, that. That doesn't seem right. <laughs> and then you watch part two and you went, oh, this is part one. Uh, they have exactly they're labeled part two is part one and part one is part two. But episode two is its own thing and not not with episode one. It's a it's a whole wild oats is really sowing its wild oats. It really is. It it, it gives you a memento feeling. If oh, you've ever definitely. seen memento. Yeah. You get to live it. Yeah, through through Paul Rudd and a bunch of other cast who looks like they are in every 90s movie or show you've ever seen. Yeah, it's weird, too, because on the Wikipedia, it credits him as Paul Stephen Rudd. I didn't know that. How weird. How come he's not like that in Avengers? Be Paul Stephen Rudd. Own it, exactly. Man. Come on. Yeah, and it's Stephen with a PH, so like... Oh, Paul Stephen Rudd. <laughs> uh, so this show... Uh, had six episodes made, only aired four of them, and it aired September 4th through September 25th, 1994. It had a really, like, Friends feel to it, which oh, is interesting God, yeah. because it literally ended the week that Friends premiered. Did it really? Oh, yep. wow. Oh, that's <laughs> crazy. Because I could totally see this going up against Friends, like 100%. Uh, it It just felt like... It felt like those early seasons of Friends where they were kind of like tongue in cheek, not like raunchy, but like a little bit like, hey, hey, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Uh, And it felt like a like a little raunchier for like, I don't know, it was was weird, right? Yeah, even like um, even Jack, he felt like an amalgamation of Joey and Chandler. Oh, yeah. Well, it's because he 
acted like Joey, but was snarky like Chandler and then wore clothes that looked like they were stitched together from both of those characters. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong that it did look like the uh, wardrobe department. They worked on friends and then picked up the scraps and went over to Wild Oats. It was really we- like, man, that I have such a nostalgia for that look, though, of like that 90s. What what was the main Shelly? Is that the main like like the female lead? Uh, yeah, Shelly. Her hair is such like a yeah. I remember uh, Empire Records and Mallrats and that haircut. Like I have such a nostalgia for that. I'm in like my mid 30s now, so like when I look back at 1994, I remember it like fondly. Uh, where I think a lot of other people were like, oh, those were the dark times. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm in my mid 20s and i grew up on like friends and all these old show older shows right but 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 you didn't like did you watch them in like their first run uh i did actually watch friends during its first run i actually remember watching the finale that was like a big deal in my household i remember watching the first season of friends i remember watching like distinctly remember watching like i should not be watching the show but i'm gonna watch it and then i had the cassette yeah, uh, I was a little young. Um, I think I had just come out the womb the first season. So, <laughs> oh man, it's like I, I just think that stuff from that era was it's a hangover from, and I think this goes for like movies too. Uh, stuff in like the '90s, especially like that, or like the first half of the '90s, is a very old guard kind of thing. It a lot of stuff was written by written by directed by and produced by older white guys from the 70s and 80s like early 80s tv so all of this stuff is like yeah get the girls on there the girl and the guys like looking at the girls like it feels like a lot of that uh but this is on that cusp of like okay we're just gonna do this to get it on tv and then we're gonna have our own voice with it and i feel like that's what friends did and i feel like that's what wild oats was maybe going to do uh, but did not have enough time to do it because it just sort of like, nope, this is it. We're done. Yeah, it did have that feeling. Uh, it did feel a little bit like it was still the whole like white guy writing women characters, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, especially those like Eastern European like sisters or whatever. Like that shit is straight out of like Three's Company. Oh, yeah. One hundred percent. Ugh. So the show starts off with like a little back and forth between the uh, two main couples. Well, not couples, mm-hmm. but the two main friends. Uh, so it's Liz and Shelly. I think they're roommates. It looks like they are. Right. And Jack and Brian. And they are roommates and best friends. <laughs> they made they made sure to tell you so many times that these guys have been best friends for a long time. Don't ever think that they weren't best friends because they'll be best friends no matter what. No matter what. They made a pact in third grade. <laughs> what a what a joke. I mean, I adhere to everything I did in third grade. <laughs> I still write everything in poor cursive. Uh I play I play with my Beyblades every morning. Oh wow. Oh, you really were Born 10 years after me. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So they're both having conversations about dating. Liz is talking about how she slept with a guy on the first day. It hasn't gotten a call back from him. 
mentions uh she's freaking out she yelled at her mom there's a rash on her leg with todd's name on it which yeah that was definitely one of those like old white dudes writing women oh yeah oh definitely and like oh man it it's it's so weird that the beginning like please watch this if you're listening to this because it's so weird the way the beginning of the show is shot i think it was probably gonna be a thing that they were like gonna do where it's like oh yeah we'll just do everything in singles at the top and it'll just be them talking like to each other but like down the barrel of the camera so it feels like a weirdly intimate thing and it it, it like uh, i don't know it was it i don't think it worked uh but it felt like what 90s tv was trying to be where it's like yeah this is the new coke of television like we do stuff a little different and uh they shouldn't yeah no it it definitely i applaud them for trying something but it it didn't work <laughs> no it felt it felt weird looking down the barrel of the camera at the beginning of the show like what i don't that was very strange Right. And like before that, we had like characters that did that, but it was them talking to the audience like Zach Morris. Exactly. Like it's breaking the fourth wall is fine, but this was like this is like not breaking the fourth wall. It's teasing that it's breaking the fourth wall, but they're just having a conversation with another person. So why is it shot like this? It was like it it was like it was done to be a trick, but there was no trick. They just did it. Yeah, it was like they're just looking at the fourth wall. (laughs) staring at the fourth wall and talking directly at it but not they're not breaking anything no it's a rental they don't want to lose their security (laughs) deposit on the fourth wall (laughs) so jack uh and brian are talking and jack says you know you can't just come home and put your nose in a book you got a date put your nose uh someplace useful where's that where does he mean that's uh, I believe it is the leg pit. Oh, uh, you might be right. You might, uh, yeah, yeah. We'll say that's fine. Yeah, we'll say that's fine. When I was yeah. telling someone, when I was telling someone about doing this podcast, and I explained the show, uh, that's the line that I used to explain what the show was. Uh, where oh boy, it, it was <laughs> like they just went, "Oh, that's gross," and I said, "Yeah, yeah, uh, that definitely fits the bill for <laughs> what this show is." What was it? What's the what's the guy's Jack? Uh, that's like the they make fun of like his Luke Perry hair, which is such like a jerk off. Like what a what a stupid way to describe someone. Uh, is he supposed to be likable in any way, shape or form or what's going on? I think Brian's supposed to be the kind of likable, relatable person. They're they're both complete opposites and uh-huh. they go like zero to 60 in each direction. (laughs) I mean, you're not wrong. That's absolutely what it is. And then they tell you that so many times in the episode, but like nothing about Jack was like, I get that it's the first episode or whatever. And there's one moment, I guess it's supposed to be like his redeeming moment at the end, but it's just like, Oh, I don't want to look at this guy. He looks like an actor. He doesn't look like a guy who's like, He's not I don't believe that he is this character. I just believe that he is an actor who's playing a role. You know what I mean? He has like that kind of feel that kind of look to him. Yeah, he looks like he specifically like works on TV shows. Oh, definitely. He he It wouldn't surprise me if I saw him walk into a soap opera. No, like oh, 100 percent. He looks like he would. 
he also looked like the wrong guy to be in that role. He looked like he should be the douchey bad guy instead of like what's supposed to be a charismatic lead. He seems like he's not like that didn't jive with me at all. Yeah, no, he looks like he should definitely be like wearing a leather jacket, walking and snapping his fingers like. Yeah, but which is weird because at one point he's wearing a leather jacket and it doesn't work like it looks <laughs> bad. <laughs> yeah, this show, man, this show. <laughs> yeah, they I mean, they tried. It was some Gen X stuff, but it was on Fox. Was it a Fox show? Yep, it was a Fox show, which yeah. I think definitely because uh, it was uh Leaden show was married with children, so I think yeah. they were trying to capture that kind of feel to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think that you're of the age of understanding like what Fox was at at one point. Fox was, I mean, a distant like last in in every category as like a quote unquote major network. So it tried to get like raunchy and young and everything, and you could see that that's like this was swinging for the fences like. We have to have a hit. It has to be for 20-somethings. What are 20-somethings like? Sleeping around. And then that's the whole show. That was the pitch. What I just gave you is the elevator pitch (laughs) for Wild Oats. Yeah, I could definitely see someone walking into a boardroom. And that's literally exactly what they said. (laughs) Yep, yep. Because I don't think that it took a lot to get something on Fox at that point. I think it was just sort of like, I have half an idea. And they went, we'll take it. Yeah, they're like, how much does it cost? We'll do half of that. <laughs> yeah, we, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, you can. Uh, I you want someone established? Go to hell. Get some people that nobody's ever seen. We'll never hear from again. Exactly. <laughs> uh, especially Paul Rudd. <laughs> yeah, we'll ne- we'll never hear from this idiot. That's like when you get like the always sunny. Like we hear from this idiot <laughs> title card. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I want to know what Paul Rudd thinks about Wild Oats. I bet he doesn't like to talk about it. No, I think he's probably just like, wow, what do you say? Wild Oets? What, what is that? <laughs> I bet. No, 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 no. That those... was Paul Steven Rudd. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Different man. Different man. I bet. <laughs> I bet that it's a thing where like if it was brought up to him in an interview, he'd be like, yeah, that was, you know, that was a thing in the 90s. I don't know. And then he would just move on. I bet he doesn't like it's not like a sticking point for him, but also he's like, I have better things to talk about. We don't need to talk about this. I bet that's what it is. Oh, 100 percent, especially since he went to what wild oats should have been he was in friends the last yeah. two seasons what the fuck is so crazy he he spanned the gamut of of uh weird gen x sitcoms the man knows his uh knows his audience so great great job paul <laughs> yeah paul if you're listening great paul, job we paul we know you're listening to this we know you're vanity searching wild oats every day we know you're listening <laughs> to this great job paul it popped up in your Google alerts. We just want to tell you, great job. <laughs> Paul, Paul Rudd has Google alerts for Wild Oats content. <laughs> you just got to squash it down. That's why. <laughs> so Jack uh, tries to get Brian to go on a double date with two blonde sisters that are beautiful and barely speak English. <sighs> and he doesn't want to do it. He says, you know, I don't look for just the physical. Uh, I look for emotional. Well, did I mention their measurements combined are 78 double F? And he goes, well, as long as they're an even split. An even split. Like, what the fuck? Oh, God. (laughs) It really, like, I hope people understand that that's what we mean when we talk about old white guys from, like, the 70s and 80s writing this show. Like, that is that line. It's so Three's Company and not the way any young person talked, especially at that time. 
No, and then we get another instance of it when uh, they go to the bar to meet with these two la- uh, two young ladies. And uh, Brian keeps saying, oh, everybody here looks desperate. And Jack says, well, I prefer calling them horny losers chumming for nasty. Like, what the fuck? And then the waitress comes over and says, are you guys horn dogging tonight or just enjoying the show? This show was horny in the worst way. In the, it's like cats horny. It's gross. Oh man, cats! I don't want to think about that. I forgot that existed. <laughs> I wiped that from my memory for a minute. <laughs> Never ever forget. No, I can't. It's it's the nine eleven of our times. Never forget it. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, he also says uh, he's waiting for her to get off the waitress, and she goes, "Well, you sure didn't when we were going out." Yeah, and then it's the audience going woo or like whatever and it's like uh shut up stop this sucks yeah then we meet the uh two uh eastern european ladies uh tanya and i don't know if he mentions uh natasha natasha that's what it was and jack uh jack's like oh hey welcome ladies and brian's trying to get to know him he goes i hear you're from eastern europe where you caught in the upheaval tanya says i have a pusha bra and these are the hammiest accents ever. Oh, it, it's like, I get it at that, at the time, like, you know, you leave in the past in the past and that's just the way things were at some point or whatever. But like, oh, they sucked to have to like listen to. And I can't imagine at the time that people were like, this rules. No, not at all. I, I, I hope there weren't people saying this rules. No, God, I hope not. Yikes. Ugh. Yeah, then we get their uh, ditziness because they say, oh, we're so close. I can usually tell what the other's thinking. Prove it. Tanya, what am I thinking right now? Nothing. Oh, my God, you're right. Hilarious. Waka yeah. Waka. Then, surprise, Shelly and Liz show up to the same bar. Oh, no. Uh, can I say that, uh, like, Liz it like i don't know what it is about her i want to see her i I, i'm on her imdb right now i want to see if she was in other stuff because she was like she was good i thought liz was like oh what a fun i kind of like want her to have more lines because she had about four the entire episode and i'm like oh she's like she's really pretty her timing was good and i thought that she was very funny and she didn't have anything going on it's a bummer it will out of the main cast she's definitely the highlight i thought so which is kind of sad because Paul Rudd, he should have been. Yeah, it's Paul Rudd. But I guess, you know, what are you going to do? It's it's not like anyone knew Paul Rudd was Paul Rudd when he was on Wild Oats, you know? No, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, Jack says, oh, hey, Shelly and Liz, don't worry about them. There's my mom and Aunt Belle. They just flew in. Then the two say, we came to drink and have sex. Yay. Come and <laughs> knock on our door. It's so fucking <laughs> lame. <laughs> uh, they argue and they kind of part ways. Liz and Brian start talking. They hit it off. And not Liz and Brian, uh, Shelly and Brian start talking. They hit it off. And then Liz says, hold on, before we go, I need to ask these two women something. Do you guys know a Todd? And they start making like sex noises like, oh, hey, Todd. <laughs> that is uh, the noises I make during sex. Uh, that is, is that good. not you, normal? Yeah, you just say Todd. You go, Todd. <laughs> yeah, every time. <laughs> 
it's gross and it's weird and it's not funny uh, when they do it in the show. It's like, why are we uh, move on? Move on from this. It's terrible. Yeah, it's it's not fun. Uh, then we cut to the apartment and uh, Jack and Brian are talking about Shelly and Jack says, oh, why do you even want to talk about her? She's a whiner and her rede- only redeeming quality is that she's good in bed. Oh, she's good in bed. Again, old white guy humor. God, it sucks. Yeah. And this show casually drops each of their occupations in the in the pilot. Like during Brian and Shelley's discussion, he says, oh, yeah, I'm a social worker now. Liz in the first scene is just like, oh, I cut everybody's hair wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we find out uh, Jack's a photographer because he says, uh, can we talk about anything else? I don't want to talk about sex. Uh, I don't know. Let's talk about cars, your photo assignments, Shelly's phone number. And then we find out later that Shelly is a fifth grade teacher. And it just felt like, even for a pilot, it felt so shoehorned in. Oh, it was like, how fast can we establish everyone's baseline? Like, it was such a race to be like, and that's what they do, and that's what they do, and that's what they do, and this is who they are, and this is what they do. It was it was a lot in like 20, 24 minutes. Yeah, it's like they knew they were going to get canceled, so they're like, we got to get everything we can into this pilot. Yep, 100%. They get in a little argument because... Uh, you know, oh, my best friend never told me he had the hots for my ex-girlfriend. Then we get their whole pact from third grade about how they're never going to let a woman come between them. And Tanya comes out from Jack's bedroom, says, time for Tanya to toodaloo. Ugh. Ugh. Asks if Jack is coming over. And he says, only if we can have a superficial night with just sex and little else. She says, OK. I, I feel like there should be a counter like on the bottom of the screen for how many of those jokes there are. Oh yeah. There. I, so I'm, I'm looking at the IMDBs for the guys who wrote like created and, and wrote this show. And, uh, one of them is dead, but he was born in 1956. And, uh, the other guy, Lon Diamond, uh, I don't have an age on him, but he wrote for Parker Lewis. Can't lose a show that was before your time and nearly before mine. So, uh, again, I'm going to back it up and say two old white guys, wrote this show and it's a hundred percent seeable when you watch it for any span of time yeah it did confuse me a bit because it said the lawn phillips and i didn't have my glasses on quickly i thought lou diamond phillips and i was very <laughs> very confused as to why he made this show <laughs> so uh he gives uh the number to brian and he does this whole thing where he's looking through his uh his address book going, oh, maybe it should be under P for pain in the ass or A for annoying, never lets an argument die, pain in the ass. And just jokes like that. Yeah, we can call those jokes. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, oh, I should have done air quotes. Yeah. Um, jokes. Yeah, you, guys, you guys can't see. Yeah, exactly. You have to really say jokes. Make sure you really say it. I'll boost the audio so you can hear the air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> just on those parts. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, there's a line where... He says, like, oh, you know, you're, you know, you're not good at dating or whatever. And he said, Brian says, oh, I've dated before. I've heard the gentle thump of the headboard against the wall. Uh, uh, uh. 
Uh, it's so, it's just like, I know that when they write these scripts, it's like, okay, we have to have like six jokes per page, but this is such a thing where it's like, make sure they're like sex jokes. Cause that's what the kids want. Hey, that's what the kids want. The kids want sex jokes. We need six sex jokes per page and make sure you get them on there. Yeah, exactly. Because we literally jump right into another sex joke because he says, okay, Thumper, which sounds like, okay, Boomer kind of, which, <laughs> you know. Makes sense for this show. Yep, definitely. Uh, he says, as your best friend, I should inform you that on our first date, Shelly and I. And he says, oh, maybe it's not the one kind of woman I need after all. Who, who am I kidding? So I guess like what they're doing is, oh, this is going to be a will they won't they with Jack and Shelly because it's, you know, like they dated and now it's getting complicated with Brian and everything. But like. I can't think of two people I want to see together less than Jack and Shelly in this show, you know? Yeah, I would prefer to see Jack and Tanya than to see Jack and Shelly. Yeah, no kidding. Get Brian and Liz together and then we have a show. Exactly. I feel like that could happen in the future, but we'll get oh, to that. God, yeah. <laughs> uh, so he calls up Shelly, says, hey, I had a great time last night. Uh, we have like this weird three cut where... Jack shows up in the middle. He's also trying to call, gets call waiting, hangs up, picks up the phone, eavesdrops on the call, which is something I feel like some people might not understand today. I don't think they I don't think they would. I really like I, I think a really like younger cast would not like a younger demographic would see that and be like, I don't know what's happening here. Yeah, because like like I had that like because I had yeah. landline, but like right people today, it's all cell phones. Yep, like like if you showed this to a kid, like if you showed that, I mean you shouldn't, but if you were to show this <laughs> to like like a thirteen year old, a fourteen year old, or something like that, like I I don't know that they would understand the difference between because he's calling the first time and it's call waiting, and then he hangs up and picks up and he just listens, but there's no if you don't get that that's how phones work, there's no visual cue that shows that something has changed. Exactly. This show does not stand the test of time for many reasons, but one of them is the <laughs> like the technology, the cultural references. It's just weird. It is. It's it's old in a nostalgic way for me because uh, like again, seeing that stuff is like oh that's fun to me, but uh, also oh that was the crux of a lot of stuff that was going on in the nineties though. Like so many shows were just like oh, and I picked up the phone and I was listening. Like, that just happened all the time. Oh, yeah. Uh, so she knows that Brian's, uh, or that Jack is eavesdropping because she says, good night, Brian. Good night, Jack. And he says, good night. Oh, oof. And he goes, whoa. And like, yeah. hangs up the phone. <laughs> A very comical, whoa. <laughs> and then the next scene, he shows up at Shelly's classroom. Oh. And this scene, this woman should have been fired. That, like, her class was like waiting in there like a bunch of fifth graders were waiting in there while like this five minute scene happened where jack is like her and jack are like yelling at each other or whatever and then talking about like fucking and then yelling at each other some more there's just a bunch of fifth graders waiting to be taught i, I wish there was like a hard cut to like the fifth graders waiting in the classroom just kind of like tapping their fingers like uh, pretending this doesn't happen. Right? Like, I think if the show was made now, that would have been a cut. Like, you would have seen the fifth graders, or at least, like, some little kid 
like opening the door and and saying some kind of precocious line and that like wraps up the scene but they didn't have that so she no. just she ended the scene we'll talk about the scene but she ends the scene like pissed off and going to teach fifth graders so like she's just mad at them now i don't know yeah uh so he says like oh i found this uh happy valentine's day card under my bed and i i, I kind of came here to give you my blessing because i know what you're thinking what am i thinking i'm a jerk oh too easy both, yeah at the same time both say too easy oh god it's uh three's company bullshit <laughs> You know, they could have called this show Forrest Company and it would have been. They should have called it Forrest Company. It would have worked better, I think. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Maybe have like, you know, uh, I was about to say John Goodman, not John Goodman. John Ritter show up. John, John Ritter could have shown up in the first episode and he got like just as a throwaway thing and been like kids these days and then like left with two women. And that would have been like, uh, his name was Jack, too. Exactly. Oh, he could have been their neighbor. Yeah. Oh, then, <laughs> new, new Roper, Mr. Roper 2K. That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. Mr. Roper just like calls in one day like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that was very good. That's good. That should be this podcast. You just doing Mr. Roper impressions. Well, that's that's what I was going to call it. It was going to be called Roper <laughs> Round and I was just going to do Mr. Roper impressions. <laughs> Roper These are good ideas. Guys, nobody take that. Nobody steal that idea. Oh, yeah. TM. Trademark. Yeah. yeah. If you say it, it's trademarked. It's fine. Yeah, legally. Uh (laughs) So they start reminiscing about a night that they slept together in another couple's room. uh, The wine that they had. And she makes a pass saying, like, I don't know. It's cheaper. You were the wine. And he says, like, oh, I should have bought cheaper wine. She says, not possible. In the middle of this, somebody walks through the hall, too. (laughs) And then she just goes back into her classroom like nothing ever happened. Goes back to her apartment and Liz is going to cut her hair, says this one you want, the Katie Lang. And Again, she goes, a, cul- a cultural reference that ki- like this is not made for kids now, obviously, but like a cultural reference that they would not get. And I don't know was like even that relevant in 94. She just had like a couple of songs. She's not like a. I didn't feel like she was like a cultural touchstone. No, not at all. Like, I knew of the name. I just didn't know, like, what she did or anything. So, like, clearly she didn't have an impact. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Take that. I guess at the time in 94, Katie Lang was tearing it up. Yeah. And then, what, 20, 30 years later, she's just just a name. There, it's, sorry, Katie. Sorry. Uh, So <laughs> she says, no, I don't know what I want. And... They started talking about like, well, is this about Brian? Because if you date Brian, Jack comes with a package. Uh, she says something like, yeah, it's like dating Beavis, but trying to avoid butthead. Cultural reference. Yeah. Then we cut to the next scene where Brian and Shelly just get back from a date. He assures her that just in case he had the place fumigated, performed an exorcism, and had the lady from the poltergeist do a cleansing just to get all the jack energy out. Uh, he's like in the other room, and they don't know he's in the other room, but like, what? I, I don't, is that, I don't know, is that funny? Was it funny? I don't think See, so. See, that's, that's the scene that gave me the biggest three uh, Three's Company vibes. Oh, yeah. Is them in the other room, like, eavesdropping on the date. 
Oh, definitely. Definitely. It's like that for as like young and hip as like the show was trying to be, it was just so like tropey that it it was really hard to like digest. It it very much was how many tropes can we fit in an episode? Right. I think it's the easiest way to write a sitcom though, don't you think? Like yeah, just do the tried and true thing. Why would you the the new they're just putting a new coat of paint on something that like has worked for 30 years, but this was at the time with like Seinfeld and then Friends coming on and everything where it was like, hey, I think we're really hungry for something different. And and it just was kind of the victim of a like kind of something cresting and something new coming its way. Right, it was definitely a product of like changing times. Yeah. Uh, so Tanya's there and her and Jack are eavesdropping on the date. Uh, she says, oh, you're so, uh, Shelly says to Brian, you're so sensitive. And, you know, you took me on a date, to, uh, like ice skating or some shit like that. And Tanya goes, you never take me ice skating. And then he yeah. just shushes her. Uh, then she says, you're very sensitive. Oh, you know, a guy doesn't like the three stooges goes to one Kenny G concert. He's sensitive. It's more cultural reference stuff. I mean, it's just like, eh, whatever. It it is you can't. I guess you can't fault it for being what it is, but also like, it's not enjoy. Like I can't imagine enjoying this in 1994. Yeah, I, it it doesn't seem like that. No. Uh, she says, "How does a nice guy like you have such a jerk as a best friend?" Well, he's not that much of a jerk. Well, I get along with everyone. <clears throat> then Jack sneaks out of his room to spy while they're making out. She pulls him into the kitchen to have a little conversation with him. Uh, they call each other low life scum. They get into the whole argument like you're dating my best friend. Blah, blah, blah. Remember, we used to have fun. And then they kiss. They both stop and go, yep, nope, that was a bad idea. They have this weird kind of like sliding door to divide the kitchen from the rest of the apartment. What kind of fucking apartment is this? I don't understand the setup. Like it's so I couldn't piece it together like what was the front door and what was the kitchen and like I, it didn't make any sense to me yeah it was very strangely set up like even like in real life why would you have a full door dividing your kitchen from the rest of your apartment like a steel door is very very weird yeah i wasn't a fan of a lot of things in this show but most of <laughs> the apartment <laughs> number one the apartment number two the writing <laughs> So uh, she leaves and Brian and Jack have a conversation. He says, you want to tell me what happened in there? He goes, well, she told me that she likes you and I'm just going to have to get used to it, that you two are going to be a thing now. He goes, oh, for a second, I thought you two were playing tongue hockey. Ugh. Yeah. But this nah. is like <laughs> this is like the way TV sounded at that time, too, like. If you watch like something like Salute Your Shorts or whatever, like these shows that were just like, I guess, younger, uh, they would say stuff like, yeah, playing tonsil hockey. And you'd be like, yeah, I don't know anybody who talks like that, but whatever, I guess. Like, uh, I'm not that a lot less critical about TV, uh, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago or whatever. So and it's just it sucks. Yeah, it does. Uh, then we get to the credit scene where. Brian and Jack are at a bar. Uh, then Brian goes over when Liz and Shelly show up to take Shelly to a movie. 
Liz asks Jack if she wants to see a movie or if he wants to see a movie. He says, okay, fine, but no talking animals, no coming of age stories, no gender swaps or any Baldwin brothers. She says, it's come to this. And then they leave. Take that. Take that, Baldwin brothers. Yeah. You know, all eight of you. You just got you just got dunked on by wild oats. <laughs> that should be a bumper sticker. I got dunked on by wild oats. <laughs> and all the Baldwins have to have it. Exactly. It's a very niche market. It is. There only eight of them are made. Sorry, guys. <laughs> so that was wild oats. We're going to take a quick little break and we will be right back. Hi, I'm Drew. I'm Nate. And I'm Tanner. And we are the hosts of Headline Heroes. Every week we take a bizarre, out there article. Germans build underground pipeline for beer. And attempt to create a superhero or villain. The obvious one is that they have a giant robot that runs off of beer. Along the way, we discuss powers, design a costume, and of course, struggle with a name. Graham Graham Sam Sam? No, no. Graham Graham Sam Sam? No! And inevitably, we get off subject and talk about the really important stuff. I did go to Bill Engvall's website and i just want to tell you a couple of things i'm seeing here. please do i wish you would but we always arrive with the super creation we are proud of join headline heroes every tuesday as we try to make reality a little more super so eric had this yeah. horrible horrible show continued what kind mm-hmm. of episodes do you think we would have seen uh okay so take everything in the first couple seasons of friends mix it with everything in the last couple seasons of friends give it three seat like make that into like three seasons and it's pretty much that like i think you would take the will they won't they from cheers and you would put it into this there would be a season finale where jack would wake up in bed with liz and he would go what and then that would be that would be the the cliffhanger for the season uh i don't know if you watched any of the other episodes but like shelly and brian date and it like jives but then she keeps like getting together with jack so it's like well she's not redeemable she's like shelly sucks so every time Liz is on, I'm like, oh, I like Liz. She's cool. And then Brian seems to be a guy who's like nice enough. It's just like this is plagued by having two main characters that are like, oh, you both kind of suck. It's like it friends works because there's an ensemble cast and it's not just Ross and Rachel. Uh, this didn't have enough people to not just make it Ross and Rachel. This is like if you if you cut two people out of friends and then all of friends was the will they won't they. And it's a bummer. Yeah, it definitely needed like more characters infused oh, into it. It needed to be an ensemble cast because you really only got a love triangle. And then you had other characters who were just kind of like around it. They're just kind of like skirting around. There's another episode where Jack is dating a girl. Again, all of this happens like so fast. Like they only just it's a lot of like tell and don't show they just keep telling you that Jack sucks and he's not good with women. But in like the second episode, he dates like a really great woman. But then Shelly gets jealous and all this shit. And it's like real like it's really weird. It's very bizarre how quickly like they're doing the will they won't they thing. And it's like, well, you guys are like learning to you're you're trying to like burn this up as fast as you can. Uh so I don't know it that I don't see it going for even if it got picked up, I don't think it would have a big run. I like it's a three season show max. Like it's that 
how I met your mother thing where it should have ended so much sooner, but it got like nine seasons or whatever. Uh, if it would have ended at like four, it would have been great. This might have been that if there were more characters. Yeah, they definitely need to, like we mentioned earlier, like if they made this a Three's Company spinoff, mm-hmm. called it Four's Company and had Jack as their next door neighbor, kind of like the Jack from Three's Company, giving yeah. them like kind of advice or something. Then at least there's something. Exactly. It infuses a new character. It it helps take away from the whole will they, won't they thing. So it's not just will they, won't they. Yeah. It It's weird that they spent so much time at that bar and there was no bartender. Like there was a waitress character for one line, but there's no bartender that they talk to. Like that's a good place for like an old cameo kind of character. Don't you think like, you know, like you can put uh, what the fuck was it? Two broke girls or whatever had like a guy from SNL in like the seventies in like the, in like the restaurant. And it's like, yeah, just put a character there for that. There's just not enough characters to make this interesting. Yeah. A bartender could have been their Gunther. Yeah, exactly. Like you can have something like that with the reason that friends succeeded, you know, you watch the early seasons of friends and it is a really different show from the later seasons. Uh, it's a really fun show in like the first three seasons, but it's also really wacky. Like Ross has a monkey and then every episode is like, oh, has like a moment of like gay panic where it's like, oh, we touched hands, but we're straight. We're straight. Don't. Oh, we're straight. Uh, <laughs> there's like a lot of that in the show, but it worked because it's an ensemble cast and it didn't ham hand kind of like the sexual nature of what everyone was doing. It was just like it, it was like around there and it was hinted at, but never like, yeah, put your nose in a vagina. <laughs> yeah, even like. In later seasons of Friends, when you got like the Rachel and Joey, you could tell like people didn't like that. They were just yeah. shoehorning in mm-hmm. like a romance. Yeah, yeah. And, and, that, and that's what this whole show was. It really felt that way. And it's like, if the will they, won't they has like negative sexual chemistry, I don't want to see it. Yeah. it. And this show definitely would have went for that. Oh, 100%. And it would have been like, Oh, and then they get together. Oh, but now they're not together. And I'll like, it would have been like, that's why I don't see it going for more than like three. Sorry, Paul. Uh, that's why I can't see it <laughs> going for more than three seasons, because even if they did all that, it would still be like, how, like, what legs does this have? It, it really is like a short distance runner of a show. It's not a marathon. Right. They have like max three seasons, like you said, because how many stories can they tell? They can be, oh, well, they won't they. Brian and Shelly break up because she sleeps with Jack. Brian moves in with Liz to get away from Jack. Brian and Liz start dating. And then it's just variations on that. Yeah. And then, oh, and then Jack and, and Shelly are on the outs. And that, like, there's just, I, there's nothing wrong with a show that only runs like a few seasons. There's nothing wrong with that. I think that's great. You know, like, you don't have to have everything to be 10 seasons to make it like, oh, what a great show. Uh, but, this just didn't like none of it was set up to be successful where I, and and it's so easy to compare to friends, especially when you're talking about like the last episode aired and then friends aired like friends was set up with all of these characters as almost like, I don't know if they were one dimensional in the early seasons, but they weren't as fleshed out. They there's like a lot more going on. Like Rachel is going to learn something like she's going, Oh, she has to like learn how to make money now. Uh, Everyone else is trying to survive. Ross is going through this divorce. Like 
there's stuff going on and this didn't have stuff going on. It just kind of had the one story. It was one note. Yeah. Even, even just, uh, Shelly, all we got of her doing anything but dating was her arguing with her ex-boyfriend at work. Yeah. And then she like the beginning, like where it's like, Oh, and I can just see her rubbing that aloe vera on her elbows. And then they cut to her and she's doing it. And I'm like, is that a character trait? Like this is the setup for, okay, I get that they know each other, but we're not getting anything. Like, there's nothing going on here. There's no depth to any of it. And this is a Fox sitcom, so whatever. Like, it's not like there needed to be. It was, like, supposed to be more raunchy. That's what Fox was. But it just didn't, like, none of it held water. None of it held weight. No, it didn't. Uh, So one segment we do on this show it's called, Why in the World Isn't Wallace Shawn on This Show? How would you put Wallace Shawn in a guest segment on Wild Oats? Wow. what? How have people answered that in the past? Uh, usually with uh, him saying inconceivable at some point. Wow. Um... I think that if I think if Wallace Shawn was on it, because this is the 90s, remember? So like this is this is the time where uh, uh, like this is the real world and and MTV and like this, this shit like stuff is going on. We're being more open with our feelings because we're Gen X. He would be a therapist. He would. okay. I like that. He would absolutely be a therapist. I don't think he would have to be recurring. I think you could do one episode where he's doing couples therapy with Jack and Shelly, and then they're going back and forth and they're telling a story. This is the whole episode. I'm going to pitch the whole episode. They're going to couples therapy. They've been, they've gotten back together and they're like, we're going to make this work. And Shelly's like, if you want to make this work, we have to go to couples therapy. They go to couples therapy. He's the therapist. So he's like, well, tell me about a situation where like blank hat, like where you didn't feel like you were getting enough attention from Jack. And then it's told in a flashback, like a five, like a five minute little, little story where he wasn't giving, you know, wacky, 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 wasn't giving her enough attention, whatever. And then it's them telling like these stories in flashback. And then at the end, like they're arguing and it's so bombastic or whatever. And then he's like, well, you shouldn't be together. Ah, <laughs> like the, it's uh, inconceivable. He doesn't have to say inconceivable, but he can. This is an opportunity. Inconceivable that you're together in the crowd. The crowd, yay! And uh, uh, and then they go, oh, this guy. It, it, you know, it hard cuts to the apartment, and with they're with Brian and Liz, and uh, Brian's coming in from the kitchen, and he's opened beers and he's handing them out, and he goes like, oh, how was the there? How was couples therapy? And then Shelly goes, oh, that guy was a quack. And then everyone like laughs and claps, and like that's like the episode. I think that that would be that's how you use them. That would be probably the best use of him. I love that. Like you could have a scene where like Jack and Shelly are on the couch and he's like, this is all like bullshit. Like this is hokey. Why are we even here? And she's like, shut up. Just like, listen. And then we get your scene at the end where she's like, yeah, he was a quack. Exactly. But then, <laughs> then in a post credit scene, because Brian and Jack have been kind of, you know, iffy about their friendship since uh-huh. those two started dating. We have like the same scene, but this time Brian's like, uh, I don't know about this, man. And Jack's like, no, shut up. It's going to work. <laughs> if you have the, if that's the post credits thing is those two, the two friends in the couples therapy thing. That's a funny like tag to that episode. That's funnier than the show. We just came <laughs> up with something that's funnier than the show we watched. <laughs> to be fair, it wasn't that hard. <laughs> no, it, no, it really wasn't. It was not 
it was not that hard to write something that was better than Wild Oats. Paul, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bag on your show this much. Uh, I know that I know that you're a big fan of this podcast, so uh, you, you were just <laughs> waiting for Wild Oats to get talked about. We're sorry we didn't like it more. You were you were great in it though. It was um, it was just maybe uh, destined to fail. Yeah, it wasn't your fault, Paul. Nope. Sorry, Paul. It's not your fault. It's it's not your fault, man. It's not your fault, Paul. <laughs> Paul, it's not your fault. <laughs> uh, so I think that's going to do that for Wild Oats. Eric, thank you so much for coming on. This was a blast. Thank you for having me. This was great. This is like a really fun show. I love watching like old garbage TV that like only got made for a little while. And then they're like, ah, fuck this show. So this was it was very fun to watch a show that like I can pick apart uh, like this. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on. I do want to say uh, Face Jam is quickly becoming one of my favorite podcasts. Thank you very much. If if there's one thing that I would plug here, it would be Face Jam. Everybody go listen to Face Jam. It is a show where Michael Jones from Achievement Hunter and Jordan Swears from Rooster Teeth Animation uh, rate and review limited time fast food items. Uh, it is as uh dumb as it sounds but uh the dynamic is great because uh jordan is from la and does not like fast food and michael is from new jersey and he fucking loves fast food so uh it really really works yeah and your your uh list of uh facts always have me like literally laughing out loud oh thank you thank you very much i i really appreciate that it's it i was talking to michael today and it's like genuinely our favorite thing i think that we get together and do because it's so ephemeral and stupid that it's like well how people are listening to this and they are (laughs) and they like it and and hello fresh is a sponsor so wait are they doordash is a sponsor so (laughs) thank you so much uh to people listening Yeah, definitely check that out. Definitely check out all the stuff at Rooster Teeth and Achievement Hunter. It's good yeah, content. Defi- yeah, we got we have a bunch of different shows. Rooster Teeth Podcast, Off Topic is the Achievement Hunter Podcast, Always Open is another show I produce. Good Morning from Hell is a very fun podcast. If you like Comedy Bang Bang or Hello from the Magic Tavern, I, I recommend Good Morning from Hell. Uh, Chris from Rooster Teeth has died, and he is damned to hell where he must host a podcast with Satan's brother Clayton and interview every single person in hell. That's it. I I would highly recommend every single one of those. Uh, Those are on my list every week. So definitely check those out. Thank you very much. And you are at Eric Bador on Twitter. Yeah, you don't have to follow me. It's not that exciting. It's mostly uh, half thoughts that I have where I just go like, like I keep wanting to write a tweet that just says artisan dogs. And I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what that means, but you know, all right, cool. So that's mostly what you're going to get from my Twitter. So feel free to not follow. (laughs) Artisan dogs. Artisan Um, artisan dogs? Like who knows what that is? (laughs) Uh, All of our social media at our podcast on pretty much everything. Uh, thanks again so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. This was this was a blast. I'm going to recommend this to everyone. Uh, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and just remember, everybody, some things are better left unaired. Bye. Bye.